The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode 177. One day, I shall come back. That's it. I've been renewed. As when a Time Lord's body wears out, he regenerates. I'm a Time Lord. I'm not a human being. I walk in eternity. Braveheart team. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited vice pudding! Position universe. Wearing a bit thin. Fantastic. Panel Z! I am Scottish. I can complain about things. Should be fine. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who, new and classic, as we say. And today we're discussing a first Doctor story, The Dalek Invasion of Earth. And joining me today on the panel are Father Cory Stika. Hi, Father Cory. How's it going? Very good, thanks. And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Uh, Folks, if you want to listen to the podcast, you should subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, your favorite podcast app, or on the SQPN YouTube channel, where you should also make sure to hit the bell to get notifications, as we say. So this is the Dalek Invasion of Earth. It first aired in November and December of 1964. It is six uh, parts, six individual episodes of about 20 some odd minutes each. Uh, as we said, it's the first Doctor, but it's the second season of the first Doctor. And mm-hmm. his companions here are Ian, Barbara, and for the last time, his granddaughter, Susan. Yes. Yeah, first time we have a companion departure. Yeah, and uh, significantly, his granddaughter, which is, a, which is kind of uh, amazing that he, would, that he leaves her behind. But we'll get to, we'll get to that at the end. But uh, uh, this also features the return of the Daleks for the first time. Since the since we first met them in the first season, uh, and uh, the the first appearance or the I don't I'm not sure if it's the first appearance, but it really is where the phrase gets popularized. Their exterminate catchphrase. Uh, they say a bunch of different things in this episode, but uh, exterminate comes up, and uh, this is where it really catches on, right? Uh, I, that I haven't tracked, but there this is a very significant thing. Uh, it's written by Terry Nation, the creator of the Daleks, and. Mm-hmm. Daleks were a big thing at the time. There was a phenomenon known as Dalek mania mm. in, uh, in Britain where they were extremely popular. So they brought them back. We got all these iconic scenes of Daleks trundling around London. You know, they're in Trafalgar mm, right. Square and they're going, they're by Big Ben. They're coming up out of the Thames. They're uh, going across that bridge that's right by Parliament. So we get, that was, you know, really exciting for people at the time. It was so exciting, they made a movie, a feature-length movie out of this yep. called The Dalek Invasion of Earth 2150 A.D., misplacing mm-hmm. the A.D. at the end. And <laughs> it starred uh, Peter Cushing as the Doctor and had Bernard Cribbins, who would later pro- play Wilfred Mott. Yep. In his first go-round as a companion, he was a companion in the movie playing a uh, police officer who was the action role. He took Ian's place. And mm. also uh, was uh, comedy relief. Yep. 
And uh, you can you can go on, at least you used to be able to, I think you might still be able to go on Amazon. You could watch the Rift Tracks version where they've overlaid the, the Rift Tracks, you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000 commentary over it. And it makes it even <laughs> more entertaining. I can imagine that. Should, I mean, to get, yeah, to get those guys going on it, it's got to be pretty good. Well, and, I, and they make they make reference to about whether or not the uh, Peter Cushion movies are movies are actually considered canon, <laughs> right? Which uh, we've we've talked about before, but yeah, that's that's a it's a good uh, discussion. Uh, what one of the things that's notable about this is that uh, William Hartnell, for, who played the Doctor, uh, was injured in the filming of this uh, serial, the, this uh, six parter. Uh, he fell on a camera stand and was when he was and was temporarily paralyzed. They said Ooh. and. Uh, he was given a, the week off uh, afterward, and because uh, you know he to recover, um, and that's I think that's also why they gave him a walking stick for the last few episodes of this uh, of this story uh, to help him get around. But it was when he was being carried from the Dalek saucer down that ramp, uh, the the guy who was carrying him dropped him, and uh, he hurt his back. So, uh, so it, it was significant. Oops. Which explains why the you know, scenes after that he's you know resting and not moving around very much and exactly a couple of connections this story has um, recently we listened to the seventh Doctor story Remembrance of the Daleks and mm-hmm. this story gets explicitly mentioned in that where the Doctor just offhandedly tells Ace the Daleks conquer Earth in the twenty second century. Yeah, right. And she's like, what? And he moves on kind of quickly. But later, <laughs> it, it plays a plot point of this is why the Daleks don't do things to change Earth history, because they know this 22nd century conquest is coming up, and they don't want to interfere with that. Right, right. right. Yeah, they hadn't quite established at this point that the Daleks could travel in time. Uh, later on, actually, there's another episode coming up in the first Doctor where... Yeah the chase where they're literally chasing the doctor and companions through space and time. Okay. Thus laying the early seeds of the time war. Right. Yep. Right. Uh, one other notable aspect of this uh, whole episode is it is the first use of a quarry in the filming of an episode of Dark yes. <laughs> Certainly <laughs> not the last. It's a quarry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There, there will be many quarries that will stand in for various planets and other locations uh, in the future of Dr. Who. So let's let's get into it. So this is again at the at the time when they would name the various segments of a story and so the first episode is called World's End and it opens with a a man wearing a metal collar and a and a helmet walking down some steps into a river and behind him is a sign that says it is forbidden to dump bodies into the river which seems foreboding uh it's, and he, yeah, it's he, really dark. <laughs> yes. And uh, he cries out as he tears the collar off uh uh, and 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 goes into the theater. And he's like, so he's in some sort of distress, and then the TARDIS materializes. Yeah, this is a really dark opening. We don't know it yet, but what this guy is is he's a Robo Man. Uh, mm-hmm. A Robo Man is a human that the Daleks have fitted with mind control devices to turn them into uh, one of their agents. And we're gonna learn that Robo that it it works temporarily, but eventually Robo Man. Uh, go crazy and kill themselves. So that's what we this. Hi, on our children's program today, we're starting <laughs> with a suicide. Yeah, right. and it's awfully dark. And it's awfully dark, and the it is forbidden to dump bodies in the river sign <laughs> is just looming all over the place. And mm-hmm. for some reason, our main characters don't see it for a really long time. <laughs> right. But it's one of many, many quite dark things in this. 
I thought it was nice to start the story where we do, which is after the Dalek conquest has happened. Mm -hmm. What normally happens on Doctor Who is, and many other science fiction shows is we see an alien invasion in its initial stages. Right. And right. the the question is, how do we stop this invasion from achieving its goals? And and that's, you know, that's fine as a plot, but it's done so often. It's mm -hmm. really refreshing to have, OK, the aliens have won. Now, what do we do? How yeah. do we reverse this invasion? And that's a very welcome change to, of the dramatic situation. Right. Well, and one thing I, I think they did well was they explained everything that led up to the invasion without being overly wordy. They said there was a plague and that's why that sign was there, because bodies were being dumped in the river as people would die. And right. then after most of the earth had been, you know, pretty well wiped out, except for a couple of population groups in Europe and North America, then the Daleks invaded. Right. You know, right. so they just kind of they 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 had like a one paragraph exposition and that was literally it. That was the 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 whole invasion. Didn't spend a whole and, lot of time. And, yeah. And then and then they came in and made started turning people into Robomen and using the others as slave labor under the Robomen. So you have a yep. kind of hierarchy now in society. I wanted to mention I like the Robomen. I mean, I, they, today we could do much better with the the props that are right. used but yeah. i like the concept of the robomen because the daleks you know being 10 plated pepper pots um have limitations mm. as characters and giving them human agents in the form of the robomen makes it much more interesting and you have with the robomen they're kind of the inverse of the cybermen the cybermen what you see is the metal but you know there's a human in there this is the reverse. You see a human with a little bit of metal on him. Right. And so you have this really nice body horror, and they go crazy, and later there we have a scene where he's not recognizing his own, one of them is not recognizing his own brother or remembering his own wife. And so I think they, as, as with the articulated human bodies they have, the robo-men add to the drama, and mm -hmm. with the the memory wipe and the creep the body horror the creep factor really goes up so i i wish they'd bring them back i like them a lot better than the stupid dalek humans that have right. the the eye stalk <laughs> appear out of their forehead i hate that right right i was going to say that's the, the sort of the modern version and and it's interesting you know given that the, these uh robomen predate cybermen because i was thinking you know, they're sort of the proto-Cybermen in a sense, and, mm -hmm. and perhaps if we hadn't had the Robomen, that's what the Cybermen would have been called as Robomen. Uh, maybe that's why we have that name. But it sort, of, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it sort of gives us that idea that they later develop into this separate race, the Cybermen. Well, they, there's also, um, you know, we, we talked again about Remembrance of the Daleks, where the headmaster was under the control of one faction of Daleks, and he had his little com dot thing behind his ear. And right. that's almost kind of like, you know, developing that idea further where he had some agency to do his daily life. But then there were points where the Daleks said, okay, we need to control you now. And they could take control of him again in the same way. Yeah. More sophisticated, uh, apparently. Um, interesting. Okay. So let's get into the story itself. So they're, they're not sure where they are when they land the, the, the TARDIS. They, the, the doctor is trying to get Ian and Barbara back to 1964 where they started from. And, uh, they look outside and they conclude it is London, but, uh, Ian seems remarkably unconcerned that they could be off a year or two from his time. That's a lot mm -hmm. of time to lose. Like, he's like, 
hey, if we're within a couple of years, I'm okay with that. Let's just go back. Like, you'd be officially dead by that point, I think, if you were well, gone for two years. At least missing, it would cause legal complications, but it's also become clear to them that the doctor has absolutely no control of the TARDIS. If you, right. you want to get particular about exactly when and, and yeah. when and where on Earth you end up, you may have a long wait. And, and, right. and, you know, and, and spoilers, they eventually get dropped off like two years after they left, and they're just thrilled to be back in their own time. <laughs> right, right. So uh, London's deserted, abandoned. Uh, they, they, uh, they all walk out of the TARDIS, and then a bridge collapses on it, which gives them uh, TARDIS separation for the rest of the story. This is what we need. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they're going to need some heavy equipment to get it loose. Uh, the Doctor knows it's not 1963 because it's too quiet. There aren't even birds. That's he makes that. Um, he does at one point threaten to spank Susan for bringing the bridge down on the TARDIS, which, you know, I get. If you're going to bring a bridge down on my TARDIS, <laughs> I, I might, you know, threaten some corporal punishment for my kids. Uh, and then they. The, and this, the specific line is one that gets used later in the yes. Twice Upon a Time. What you need is a jolly good smack bottom. <laughs> and. <laughs> a little less creepy okay. here than it was in that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the doctor and Ian, they go off to investigate, they find a warehouse which conveniently has a desk calendar that says 2164. So we have a, a date for which all this is happening. Uh, well, at least the date when the plague started. Right. Right. Presumably right. they didn't make calendars after that. Yes, I think. Yeah. I keep wanting to make plague jokes about our current situation, but let's just leave that. I know, I know. <laughs> we're, all, we're all resisting. <laughs> yes. So Barbara uh, sees the dead body of the, the guy who, who just killed themselves before they arrived floating in the river. She stayed behind with, Susan, who'd injured her ankle, bringing the bridge down on the TARDIS. Uh, and then some men come by, and they take away Susan and Barbara, uh, and they hear gunfire. Like, they're, they're taking them to safety, I guess, is the, mm -hmm. is the, is the clear thing. Um, Ian and the Doctor, they also find a, a dead body in the warehouse, wearing the, the helmet and collar. And they think it's some form of personal communications, which, frankly, if my iPhone could come as a, 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 a cool helmet and collar... I would I would prefer that over you know the device in my pocket. Well, that's, that's what the earbuds are going to become, isn't it? It's going to yeah. be like the that episode with the the uh, Cyberman where it like Cyberman. rolls out of the earbuds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so and uh, they also find the guy has a whip, which uh, they, it confuses them a little bit. Uh, what's this guy? You know, what's up with this guy? Um, so Barbara follows the men who took Susan away, and they they go you know a long ways away uh, while a hovering saucer distracts the Doctor and Ian, uh, and so. Um, Ian, meanwhile, is, is, comes right out and says, I, I don't really care what's happened to the city. I want to get Susan and Barbara. I want to get in the TARDIS. I want to go somewhere else. Like, he's yeah. incurious about what's happened to London in 2164, which I thought was an interesting uh, insight to, to his motivations here. Um, but what well, we it, find, it, it makes yeah. sense, though. They're, they're ready to, they, they want to get home. And it's like, well, this is home, but it's the wrong time and it's destroyed. <laughs> and you know what? Let's just get out of here and try again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's let's reset this and try try a different time period. Uh so what we find is the women have been taken to an underground cell of humans resisting the Daleks and the Robomen, uh who apparently are only armed with knives at this point. That's uh, it's all we've seen from them is is knives as their weapons. Except there is a guy named Dortman who's in a wheelchair, which is a nice yes. choice. Yes. Mm -hmm. To have a resistance leader in a wheelchair. And he has invented what he thinks is a bomb that will help them defeat the Daleks. Yes. Uh, there is a nice little bit of dialogue here. So Barbara and Susan are like the, the resistance, like, you're going to help us. You know, we've got some more, some helping hands. Uh, 
they they get Barbara to, to to say that she can cook, and then they turn to Susan and what do you do? And Susan says, "I eat." <laughs> Which yeah, is a nice, I love that <laughs> nice response. And uh, uh, the the doctor and the uh, and Ian are commenting on this poster of the "Do Not Throw Your Dead Into the River." Ian, you know, thinks it's a uh, reference to the to a plague, and and gives us the line, "Bring out your dead," which is you know, yep. Monty Python has yep. turned into such a <laughs> iconic. Well, of course, line. and of course, this is backwards from that, so they hadn't heard that yet because Monty Python was would have been probably about ten years after that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and then they're uh, quartered by some Robomen, and they're about to dive into the water uh, to get away from them until. We finally, for the first time, see a Dalek coming up out of it. So this is the first appearance of a Dalek, and uh, they do note that uh, the Dalek now, the Daleks now don't apparently need to roll only on metal surfaces like they did in the first appearance. Uh, they've adapted somehow, and they they explain that by pointing to these dishes that are on the backs of each of the Daleks, and right. this is, I think, the only time those dishes. Uh, it's the only time I remember them appearing. They certainly yeah, get right. phased out at some later point, and they really don't need them. They could have just done it with dialogue. Right, right. They must have adapted. Just <laughs> That's all they had to say. Yeah. Um, the- oh, also, they mentioned, the doctor mentions that what happened on Scaro, because they thought they saw the Daleks defeated, he says that's a million years in the future. Right. So that mm. gives us a time frame for when that story occurred. Right, right. Yep. Um, and it, which also tells us that the Daleks have been in their current form for a long time. You know, that that uh, that, that adaptation to being inside the pepper pot took place even longer yeah. the, ago. Yep. So the Daleks, you know, they, they say they're to be taken to a landing area. And the Doctor engages the Dalek in an argument to which the Dalek responds, resistance is futile. No, he says, resistance is useless. Which, you know, yeah. I, I thought that was a nice <laughs> uh, Star Trek connection there. Uh Meanwhile, this uh, they encounter this woman at uh, the rebel base. Uh, Susan and uh, Barbara do um, named Jenny. Very, very brusque. She's very unemotional, stoic sort of. Uh, she's she's not sentimental at all. Um, and you know, and basically tells them if you want to eat, you got to work. You know, this, so I mean, we're in a very you know subsistence situation here. That becomes right. clear. Uh, I think Saint Paul said that too, right? If anyone shall not work, he shall not eat. Yes, yep. it's, it's, that, that was also a, Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she did. She quoted no, yeah. Saint Paul. <laughs> yes. Uh, by the uh, way, Jenny, uh, who is a really kind of a bleak character in this, yeah. she's always really pessimistic. But she—they were looking at her to potentially be Susan's replacement, oh. and they eventually decided not to do that. So we don't meet Susan's replacement until the next story when we meet Vicky. Oh, yep. okay, okay, yeah, that would have been an interesting choice of personality to include. It would have been it. It would be interesting to to, to get that uh, that did, attitude. She did kind of warm up throughout the story, but not yeah. quite. Not all the way. Yeah, companion level. So Dortman, the leader, and this other guy Tyler, who plays a, a fairly important role. He's one of the guys who saved uh, Susan and and, and Barbara. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're discussing strategy, and Tyler's skeptical. Dortman is all like, you know, we need to attack, 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 uh, and Tyler says, look, we've got 15 or 20 un- unarmed guys against Daleks, um, and, and Dortmund thinks he's too pessimistic, to which Tyler says, yeah. he says the guy in the, in the wheelchair who doesn't, isn't going out fighting these battles. You know, like, mm-hmm. there's sort of this, this, you know, like, he doesn't come right out and say it, but you get this idea. But this is when Dortmund introduces his new uh, hand grenade of, uh, a- it's an acid bomb with a fuse, right? It's, it's, it's got the classic bomb, you know, little ball with shape. the fuse coming out of yep. it. Shape, yeah. 
Um, well, only it's smaller. It's like the size of a tennis ball or a little bit bigger. Yes, and yep. silver, silver, because it's very futuristic. Yeah. I like how Dortmund is dismissive of the Daleks. He's like, obey motorized dustbins? Ha! <laughs> yes. and, and it's like, okay, right there on the show, we have it being pointed out how ridiculous the Dalek design is. <laughs> That's yep. right. So, uh, so the Doctor and Ian are, end up in the uh, the Dalek spaceship and uh, discuss how uh, you know the 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 the, da- the Daleks can move without being on metal, like we mentioned before. And then they they encounter two other prisoners and uh, they start to load them on the ship. One of them starts to run and is shot and killed. And um, and then this is when we find out that they're 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 going to be taken to a mine, so they're not going to be robotized at this point. They're they're going to be taken to to work in some mine somewhere. Um, and the rebels discuss how there aren't many Daleks on Earth that they they uh, turn some into Robomen and uh, and then uh, others are are kept as slave labor. Um, and then uh, <laughs> this is where I wrote my note: Jenny's a real ray of unsentimental sunshine, isn't she? <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's about what I had that observation. Uh, so uh, the Doctor is identified as having greater intelligence than the other humans, and uh, the Daleks, you know, are. Uh, they want to use that. Um, they, they, they basically would they would take those who were of higher intelligence and those they would make into the robo men. Yeah, because they're, apparently they think they'll last longer or something. They'll last longer. They'll, they'll they'll be easier to control. I guess maybe who knows. Right. Although in this case, it's really and this is some effect of horror because William Hartnell at this point is a frail old man and seeing a frail old man forced onto a surgery table. Right. is, you know, in this metal environment. I mean, that's effectively creepy. But I have to wonder, do Daleks understand how human aging works? Because <laughs> right. he, he's he's actually not that likely to last that long if you robotize him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's pretty frail. Uh, so just as the doctor's taken for processing is when the uh, the re- rebels attack the uh, the saucer. Uh, there's this talk of trying to rescue some people, although the Barbara has been told that don't expect to be able to rescue the doctor and Ian. no one ever comes back uh but she hasn't told susan this yet but you know she's afraid for susan but barbara by the way is really action oriented yes in this. Mm-hmm. i mean she is she is stepping up she is 1960s action lady i mean she's almost Emma appeal um, <laughs> she is she is just uh she's throwing bombs she's driving lorries she's she is all over the place with action yep yeah, she takes charge uh, for within a lot of ways. Yeah, she's yeah, she's really very very action forward in this one. Uh, so we get to the part three uh, with Day of Reckoning. It's co- they called it. Uh, the Doctor's rescued by Tyler uh, just as the re- rebels reveal themselves inside and attack. And uh, this is the scene where the Doctor is injured, being you know, mm-hmm. where William Hartnell's injured mm-hmm. coming down the ramp. I, I like how when the rebels attack the saucer, you know, they're throwing these bombs at, at the Daleks, and some of them are like, even they're knocking over Daleks and stuff, but they don't have the budget for explosions, and apparently they don't have good stock footage either to fit this context, because the bombs all explode off screen. It's <laughs> yes. like, we, we throw the bombs, we keep the camera on the characters and listen to a sound effect of the bombs going off. <laughs> right, right, right. You get a little flash of light, you know, like the little flash of lightning type. Yeah. Uh so, uh, nearly. But, oh, but yeah. that makes Ace not the doctor's first bomb throwing female companion. It's Barbara. <laughs> this is, yeah. this yeah. is true. <laughs> yeah. Again, Barbara rushes in when she hears that the doctor and Ian are in there. She rushes in and, uh, yeah, she starts attacking. 
rather than run to safety. But nearly all the rebels are killed here, and the bombs were useless. The bombs didn't really work. Uh, uh, Ty- Tyler is mad at Dortmund, and he says, "That's it. You know, we're we're done for here." So I'm heading off on my own. I'm 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 leaving you behind. Susan got lost. She got separated. Uh, Dortmund says, "I'm staying behind to work on my bomb," and so Barbara decides to stay with him. Uh, Ian is still on the saucer. Uh, that's now heading to the mines in central in- England in Bedfordshire, right? Mm-hmm. Bedfordshire. Mm-hmm. And he meets a guy named Larry who also wants to go to the mines in Bedfordshire so he can find his brother. Yes. And and his brother, he says, has been obsessed with whatever the Daleks are doing in Bedfordshire, which nobody understands, but it's key to their plan. Right. It's like whatever they want, it's something they're doing in with Earth. It's something they're doing in Bedfordshire. Right. And so, and then Ian and Larry now have to kill the robotized Craddock, who is the guy that was in the cell with the Doctor and Ian before. So you have this a little more you know, a horror factor. Like here's the guy they were talking to. He was a prisoner with them. They were we sympathized with him, and now he's the enemy. He's been turned into the enemy, and they have to kill him and uh, dispose of the body. It, it was that that's a again. Hey kiddos, here's another uh, creepy death thing. To be frank, he was always a wet blanket, so not as much <laughs> yeah. sympathy as if he had really been actively a good guy. That's true. That's true. Uh, so Susan has been rescued by this young man, David, one of the rebels, and uh, she wants him to, to go with them to the TARDIS and get away, but he refuses. It's very interesting. He says, you know, you don't fix things by running away. This is my home, and I belong here. And so the, 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 he has a real hero aspect to him. Yeah, he and he'll also talk about wanting to rebuild the the earth after the Daleks and that's very important to him. But it, it, part of all this discussion with David and it's clear they're over these six episodes they're ramping up a romantic arc mm-hmm. yes. between Susan and David and you have Susan getting nostalgic about not having a place of her own. Right. And she recognizes that David does have that. And so this is kind of the early stage of prepping for Susan's departure she start wanting she's starting to want a place of her own and not to always be traveling anymore how old is Susan at this point again uh she had been like 16 or 17 when right. they I mean in in at least she was past I mean she's probably 90 but you yeah. know she was passing as a 16 or 17 year old girl the actress was actually a couple of years older than that right right, right. I guess for the time you know if she's 16 17 maybe 18 that uh you know, it doesn't it doesn't seem weird for someone to to, to settle down? I guess uh, you know, in 1963, still that wasn't uh, that unusual. Again, nah. We could discuss about the fact that she's though a time lady, but which, mm-hmm. <laughs> which can have interesting aspects to to her staying behind. But we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so uh, we have the Doctor showing up uh, with this guy Baker. This is the guy who saved the Doctor from the the saucer. Uh, shows up with Susan and uh, uh, David, and the doctor's still drugged. He's still under the influence. And mm-hmm. ba- Baker says, "I'm going to head for the Cornish coast." And 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 you know, I hear there's no Daleks there, and I, I'll probably be able to survive. And he he and he leaves them there in this courtyard of this, I think it's Plague Cemetery, and goes around the corner and is shot by a Dalek. Like Baker yeah. didn't get very far <laughs> on his own. Yeah, we have an interesting action sequence here, or it's it's sort of action and ambiance sequence, right? So. Dortmund thinks he's got an improved bomb that will finally work, and he wants to take Jenny and Barbara to this civic transportation museum so they can steal a truck, a lorry, 
and go to Bedfordshire, a place in England. (laughs) (laughs) And so they have to cross London, including this bridge, to get there. And so as they do that, we get all of these shots of you know, a, a, of Daleks on the bridge in front of Big Ben yep. and uh, roaming around Trafalgar Square with the lions and, you know, the big stone lions they have there. And I, I was trying to put myself in the perspective of a British kid. You know, if I was a 10-year-old right. British kid in 1964, I mean, wow, seeing these London landmarks with Daleks <laughs> roaming all over the place, yeah. that would have been so... I mean, they have conquered London. It's like, that would be so scary and cool. And getting to see these real-world places that I might have visited with my parents, you know, on TV with aliens running around. I mean, that would be amazing. And empty, yeah. <laughs> and empty. And yeah. yeah, they, like, film this really early in the mornings on Saturdays and Sundays or something. Right. Also, I thought this was very much better than the awful 12th Doctor episode in the Forest of the Night, where we also see the Trafalgar Square Lions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Much preferred to that. And then when they're going over the bridge, they so Dortmund's in the wheelchair, so Barbara and Ginny are—Barbara's, like, pushing the wheelchair, and Ginny's running alongside carrying stuff. And we have this bongo soundtrack— you know, with very sixties. It, it's and it, it's it, it's a rapid. Someone's playing the bongos really rapidly, and I thought it was very effective. You yeah. know, it creates this tension. Mm-hmm. It has this modern feel, but exotic. It's not orchestral in any way. It's just this pounding rhythm as they're trying to get a, across the bridge. It's very yeah. It, it's very of its t- much of its time. I've, I've, I remember hearing like in other movies of the era, era you'd have that sort of thing. By the way, the bridge is Westminster Bridge. Uh, just uh, okay, uh, for folks who know any, you know the the landscape. But uh, uh, but they do make their way to the transportation museum. Also, as they do, we see this word spray painted apparently oh, yeah. all over all over the place in Dalek lettering, and we don't know what it says. It may be the word Dalek. It we're not sure, but it's something in Dalek lettering. We keep seeing that all over the place, and we keep seeing the word vetoed. All over the place too, and uh, the the behind the scenes stuff is that vetoed was kind of meant to be a resistance slogan, ah. but it also apparently was regarded as an in joke by the production staff that that was the response they got to all of their requests for more money to do, do better effects. <laughs> so they worked they worked it in as a visual here. Uh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> you know. It is funny, though, you, you look at these episodes, and that's one of the complaints about especially early Doctor Who is it looks very creaky, but they, they took what were very small sets and were able to work them to make them feel bigger, even if they really, you know, you realize that they really weren't. And the same thing with the special effects, you know, talking about like the bombs and things like that. They were able to do tricks that make it look better than it really was. Yes, yes, this is true. Yeah, and and they uh, was it this season that they were able to move to the better studios? Like they had those the really awful uh, mm-hmm. broken down studios for the first season, and then they was got something a little better. Season or was it the third season? I can't remember because now this is we, of course we we know this from Adventure in Space and Time, the, the yeah docudrama about the first couple of seasons of Doctor Who. I can't remember exactly when they said they moved to the bigger studios, the better studios. Okay. okay. Uh, so they they do they get so they get to the transportation museum. Dortmund has now modified his bomb to 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 get through the the Dalek 
casing, which they call Dalekanium, that's made of Dalekanium, uh, and they discuss what the Daleks are mining for at Bedfordshire, and they know it's not Dalekanium, so no one really knows what they're, what they're doing there. Um, and then uh, Barbara's, you know, is like, why do we keep running? And Jenny says, we're not running, we're surviving. Uh, yeah, and she's really bleak because she assumes the doctor is dead at this yes. point because they haven't yes. seen him in a long time. So Jenny just is, he's dead. And Barbara's like, don't talk that way. And it's like, of course he's dead. What makes him so special? And, <laughs> well, <the doctor>. and <laughs> but but Dortman is thinking, okay, he he's likely to be alive. And suddenly Dortman is all about you. You Barbara must take my notes just for safekeeping, mind you, and you must give them to the doctor. And it's like you are so totally preparing to self sacrifice, aren't you? <laughs> yep. Right. Right. Yeah, it he, when he finds out that the doctor is a scientist, he's very excited because like we said, the the Daleks have apparently taken all the scientists to for to turn into Robomen, you know, all the intellectuals. And so he hopes the doctor can can continue his work. And so Dortmund sneaks out of the museum, leaves them behind, uh with his, to try out his bomb on the Daleks and ends up getting killed. Uh do do, do we know that the if the bomb actually works on the Dalek? It, the implication is yes. Okay. I, I like how when he does, he gets out of his wheelchair. It's yes, this great, yep. it's this to throw the bomb. He doesn't just throw it from in the wheelchair. He gets up and takes a couple of steps and lobs it. And it's this great Dr. Strangelove, mein Führer, I can walk moment. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but then they shoot him and he falls over. Right. Yep. So, uh, yep. yep. No, go ahead. So Susan and the doctor, uh, meanwhile, argue about whether to go to the to the north to to Bedfordshire with with David. And, and when David comes back after what he whatever he was doing, he def- he ends up deferring to the doctor's leadership. Because so the doctor's like sort of dismissive of David. Like, why should we do what David wants? And then when David comes back, he's like, Oh, we should do what the doctor wants. He's clearly a leader and senior. And the doctor says, Oh, yes, yeah, so David, you're so smart. <laughs> so let's like, do your plan. <laughs> yeah, let's do. Yeah, let's do. Yeah. yeah. So. They end up doing what David wanted to do. Uh, and meanwhile, uh, the saucers landed, and uh, Ian and Larry. I just love saying Ian and Larry. Just it sounds funny. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Uh, <laughs> yep. But Larry's Ian and a Larry, funny name, and yes, yep, they have landed. Context. And they, uh, yeah, they sneak out of the uh, the ship by going through the garbage chute. Uh, the the in the the, uh, the Rome uh, the Robomen. Meanwhile, are the Daleks have decided to firebomb London. They're done with London. Uh, it's too much hassle. These rebel attacks have decided to burn the whole thing down. Although, rather than dropping bombs from, you know, the sky and bombing it, they decide to have Robomen carry bombs uh, around the city. <laughs> and we have this scene of these Robomen silently marching with no soundtrack, and it's yeah. really a creepy. Yes. And uh, they end up, the, these Robomen end up carrying a bomb right next to where uh, uh, Susan and David and the Doctor are hiding and planting it. And so... Uh, they have to now in, in the next episode. That was our cliffhanger for for the third episode. In the third in the fourth episode called "End of Tomorrow," uh, that David has to disarm the bomb, which he does just in time, of course. And they to do that, they pour acid on the bomb to eat through its outer casing, and it's yes. like that's real practical acid they're using. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes. I don't know if the bomb may be made out of styrofoam or something, but it's really melting away there in front of our eyes. Yes, that's- <laughs> that, that's, that's what I was I was wondering what they were using for the case. And it, like you said, it must have been something like styrofoam or something. So it was a really weak acid. But still, it yeah, it, that it, was, a, it was effective. Yes. A practical effect. Uh, 
so David and Susan, they leave the doctor for a while to go find an escape route because uh, he's passed out again. Again, presumably because William Hartnell is recovering from his injury. Yeah. Uh, uh, meanwhile, Barbara and Jenny, they find an old uh, a rubbish truck, an old uh, lorry uh, that was a there was a particular name that they used for it, which I like the, uh, the, the British name for it. They always have better names for the things, but they called it an engine at one point. Yes, uh, but it's apparently for it was a it was a trash truck <laughs> as as mm-hmm. we would call it, and uh, they've they get it started knowing that the Daleks are going to hear it, so they have to get out of there right, right away. Uh, meanwhile, at the mine, Ian and Larry see slaves being put to work, and uh, they encounter a supervisor named Wells who comes along and covers for them when a Roboman comes, uh, and Ian saves Wells, and the Roboman is paralyzed. Uh, because Ian tells him, basically, like, confuses him by telling him to get new orders. Yeah, and yeah. he does. So he, like, <laughs> plugs into the ultra-slow Dalek internet by his head modem and <laughs> asks for new orders. <laughs> right. right. If, yeah, they, they end up using that, that one on Star Trek a couple of times on the uh, original series as well. So Ian clobbers the Roboman while he's uh, downloading or uploading. Um, and Wells tells him that he was there next to this giant Earth mover to meet a uh, black marketeer that uh, provides food for the slaves uh, that the, the, more than the Daleks give them, which gives Ian an idea. We're not quite sure what it is at this point. So Jenny and Barbara have this conversation in the in the lorry as they're driving north, and uh, Jenny like it's about Dortmund dying, and Jenny's confused. Like, what's what was the point of that? She says he just threw his life away. It was so senseless. And Barbara says it depends on how you look at it. And and Jenny, you you've got this romantic idea about resistance. There's nothing heroic about dying. There's no point in throwing lives away just to prove a principle. And Barbara says, if Dortmund hadn't thrown his life away, we would all be dead. He knew exactly what he was doing. He sacrificed himself so that you and I would have a chance. Which I thought was a nice, you know, discussion of why why some would give their lives for the sake of others and why that is heroic and not just a waste. Well, and there was there was an interesting scene there where as there as uh, Jenny goes out to open the door to let the the lorry out. He's still laying there, kind yeah. of in the foreground, and she kind of looks and then goes and turns, and it's, it's and you know kind of showing that again though that he died and so that they can live, you know, so that they can get out of there, they can escape, you know. The right. Daleks just think, oh, he was acting on his own. Well, no, he wasn't. Right, right. But she still she still has this really bleak that was meaningless perspective. Yeah. It's yeah. like she is companion material. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> Is nihilistically traveling the universe for despair instead of adventure. <laughs> so, me- meanwhile, David and Susan are in, are in the sewers, uh, and they they find some evidence of other humans. And David tells them that not all humans are allies. And he, yeah, he sa- he's he says there are people who would kill for a few scraps of food. And, right. I, and again, we have this really dark situation pressing in because Susan's like, "Oh, great, more humans," and he's like, "Whoa, slow your roll there." Not all humans are automatically allies. Some people would kill yep. you for a scrap of food. And this causes him to check his gun for how many rounds he's got left in it. And then while he's doing so, points it at his head. <laughs> like yeah. Like, not a lot of good gun safety there, David. Come on. You, you take, be a little more careful. Uh, but then they turn and they see someone pointing a gun at them. It turns out it'll be Tyler uh, from before mm-hmm. that uh, who's who basically sort of rescues them because he had already encountered these bad humans and uh, taken care of them. 
meanwhile, Barbara in the truck. This I love this scene. Uh, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> there's yep. a roadblock of Daleks, and she just barrels through them and sends them flying everywhere. <laughs> she awesome. runs over a Dalek in the truck. It is <laughs> yep. awesome. It, it's it like really cr- great. <laughs> crushed beneath the wheels. And then yeah, they bring in a flying saucer to blow up the truck. And so yes. Jenny and Barbara dive out of it just in time. But it's like, how great. Running a roadblock, crushing a Dalek, and then a flying saucer comes in and blows up the truck. <laughs> awesome. Action, Barbara. <laughs> that was really good. I just, so, I just uh, wonder how many Dalek sets they had to go through bef- before they got all the all of them destroyed. Because I mean, they did a lot <laughs> to these Daleks. No kidding, no kidding. So, uh, and then it, as if the uh, the 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 Daleks and bad human Robo humans and bad humans aren't enough. Uh, Tyler tells uh, Susan and David that uh, there you have to be careful because the sewers are full of alligators now that escaped from the zoo. Uh, and we get this later on. We get this uh, video of an alligator swimming up to to where Susan is hanging from a ladder and it's this tiny one foot alligator. Yep. This yeah. is quite obviously a baby alligator. <laughs> I but just, they're I using, love that. They're using force perspective to try to make us think this thing is a real and, threat instead of something sure you just was, step on. And I'm sure it was like footage from, you know, BBC nature archives or something yes. anyways. <laughs> but was, so, wasn't uh, that a rumor like in the eighties that like there were alligators oh, yeah. in this New York city sewer? Yeah. It was a big rumor in the seventies. Yeah, and in the eighties, there was a movie that came, that came out uh, like an, a TV movie about a giant alligator. I think in the sewers of Los Angeles or something like that, like like a twenty five foot alligator that comes up. I remember seeing this as a kid and <laughs> being scared, and my mom letting me stay up to watch it. And, the, and- the story was that all these New Yorkers would go vacationing down in Florida, and they'd let their kids buy little baby alligators and bring them back to New York, but then. When the alligators would start getting too big, they'd just flush them down the toilets and they'd end up in the sewers where they'd thrive and breed and stuff. And mm-hmm. just think about the implausibility of that story. <laughs> yeah. yes. You know, really? You're going to let your kid buy a baby alligator with no plans for what to do. And uh-huh. then when it gets too big, you're going to flush it down a small opening <laughs> and it's going to go through pipes and end up yeah. in a sewer. Really? Well... Yeah. People do go and get like pythons and then have to release them in the wild, you know, and that's the big problem in Florida now. So yeah, and people end up, as we know now from uh, the world's the world's most popular documentary ever, that people sometimes buy big exotic cats <laughs> that, that has cats, yeah, well, kittens and they grow large. In fact, that's one of the things. If if there were an apocalypse and and the things went bad, it wouldn't be alligators we have to worry about. It'd be the ten thousand or more. Uh, big cats that would end up being released into the wild in the United States uh, that would then breed and uh, infest everything. So, <laughs> right. Well, breeding population of, of of tigers and lions I can get. Breeding population of Burmese pythons in the Everglades I can get. But I don't think we're yeah. going to have breeding population of alligators in New York where it freezes every winter. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway. Uh, uh, that was a fun tangent, but uh, so the <laughs> the uh, cold standoffish Jenny is beginning to warm up to Barbara, and she wants to stay together and 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 travel together. So that that's that's nice. And uh, meanwhile, back of the mind, we we have not just Daleks and Robomen. Now we also have apparently uh, some kind of creature that's a pet of the Black Dalek, who's in charge. Uh, that that ends up being called they call it a uh, a slither. Slither. Yeah. So uh, of the yeah, House of Slytherin. <laughs> it's kind of a basically a guard dog type creature, but it looks like a hideous blob with eye stalks and mon- and weird arms. And they actually changed the prop. 
Yeah. Because it 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 was the original prop wasn't scary enough. So they changed it in midstream. And it has the most ridiculous roar ever. They, they <laughs> yes. try to they try to combine it with some kind of animal noise, but it's clearly a human just going yeah. ah ah. <laughs> yeah, at first I thought it was some guy being tortured outside. You know, like that, oh, they're yeah. torturing some human. No, that's the roar. Oh, uh, yeah. So they uh, they they um they hide have to hide inside the Earth Mover. That's uh, this big you know uh, piece of equipment. Uh, where they run into Ashton, the black marketeer. Uh, I just can't take an, a, a black marketeer named Ashton seriously. But I can't <laughs> hmm. keep thinking Ashton Kutcher. You know, like is he gonna yeah. punk me? Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, the the uh, the Slither is apparently uh, carnivorous. It, it roams the camp at night, hunting anyone who's out and about. Uh, so that's the one of the reasons why they have to hide from it. Uh, meanwhile, Susan and David in the sewers have lost track of Tyler and. Susan climbs on a ladder that, that comes away from the wall, and she's left dangling over the alligator and has to be saved. And by the way, in this sequence, we have more development of the Susan-David arc, because David's been talking about what it would be like to rebuild Earth after the Daleks, and Susan is, a new start, rebuilding a planet from the very beginning. It's a wonderful idea. And David <laughs> says, you could always help. And Susan says, Yes. And then they're interrupted. Yes. <laughs> and so you have Susan actively ideating staying on Earth. Right, right. Development of the uh, the eventual conclusion. So uh, meanwhile at the mine, Wells is trading jewelry for food to Ashton, who apparently is a complete idiot, because what good is jewelry anymore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, But, you know, hey, if Ashton wants jewelry, gotta have something. Jewelry. Gotta have something to trade for, and that's... That's something that people, at least of our time, recognize. So yeah, uh, apparently all the the jewelry stores are emptied, but the food is still there. <laughs> so anyway, the the Slytherin has made its way inside the Earth Mover where they were hiding and attacks Ashton, and he's he's dead. And Ian had wanted to use Ashton as a way to get out of the sla- the uh, the mine camp and to find so he can get back to Barbara and the Doctor and Susan. Uh, and so and that that plan is now uh, uh, put the kibosh on it. Uh, so then we move to the the next episode, which is they call the Waking Ally. I, I'm not sure I understand all of the different titles that they use, but uh, <laughs> I'm not sure who the Waking Ally is. Uh, maybe the Robomen. I don't know, but uh, mm. uh, actually, that's probably true. Now that I think in retrospect, anyway, Ian, Larry and Ian have been cornered next to a cliff by the Slytherin, and uh, they have to jump in. Slither. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, that's fine then. Just wanted to make sure you were aware. Yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm being silly. And uh, they have to jump into a mining bucket that's dangling over this cliff, and the, the Slither tries to jump in with them, but uh, apparently it can't get uh, much of a leap going, and falls to its death, the poor thing, uh, and screams like they, a- They killed the Black Dalek's pet. Yes, yes, uh, he'll be very upset later. So the Daleks, meanwhile, in their control room, have to, they, they, they need to lower the bucket into the mine, uh, so they, so- <laughs> So poor Ian and Larry, they're about to get out of the bucket back to the cliff, and the, it starts being lowered, and it goes down quite far. Uh, that, Into that a mine. Percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the doctor is now with David and Susan and Tyler. They've been making their way through the sewers, and they've been cornered by a pair of Robomen, uh, and they managed to kill one, but the doctor won't let Tyler kill one that they've knocked unconscious. He's like, no, the, we the don't do that. The doctor has bludgeoned with his cane. Yes. Right. And and the doctor tells uh Tyler, I never take life. Only when my own is immediately threatened. And right. and it's like, okay, 
those two actually contradict each other. <laughs> mm. um, right. But he does have the point that the one that they've knocked unconscious is not an immediate threat, so they're not going to kill right. him. Right. And this is much more practical and reasonable and actually what the current doctor does, no matter how much woke scolding we have. <laughs> yeah. The doctor is really willing to take life when it has to be done. And we and I like the fact that at this stage, the show is just acknowledging that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Barbara and Jenny, meanwhile, have come upon a cottage that has a, an old woman and a young woman inside. And they... Uh, they they say they've been left to live there by the Daleks in exchange for making clothes for the slaves. Uh, Barbara generously gives them some of the food that they've they've got, and the the woman sends the girl out. She says to to uh, to go make a clothing delivery. And it was obvious she's sending the girl out to uh, go tell the, the Daleks that they're there, right? And uh, and in exchange, they were given food by the Daleks, and and she justifies it to the young woman by you know, after Barbara and and Jenny are taken away. That uh, oh they would have been caught anyway you know so we're just getting what we need. Yeah, I like how when the Daleks come to arrest Barbara and Jenny, and Barbara realizes the women in the woods have betrayed them. Barbara just looks at the old woman with contempt and doesn't even say anything. Yeah. And as she's let off, and then after they're gone. The young woman is gleeful over the Daleks have brought them more food. And the right. young woman is who initially the young woman seemed to be hesitant to go report them. Right. But she did because she was told to. And now she's just gleeful over this food. That's like that's what's important to her now. Meanwhile, the old woman is looking out the window and consoling herself by saying, Well, they would have got captured anyway. And right. it's such a fascinating little psychological study between these three characters. Yes. Yes. It's, yeah, it's interesting to see how people will justify to themselves actions that would we would say are not moral and not right yeah it's also interesting to compare this to the first dalek story because we have some similarities like we had extensive underground going around through tunnels and stuff in the first dalek story and we have that here with the sewers and we have the opposition race to the daleks which originally was the thals and now it's the human resistance Mm. And I thought the the relations among the humans, as exemplified by the women in the woods scene and other scenes, mm -hmm. but these are like the people who are not all humans are automatically allies. Some will kill you for food. Well, that's what we see here. Yep. Right. And the relationships between the the humans is more subtle and complex than the relationships among the Thals in the original story. That's true. Right. That's true. So, uh. Ian and Larry now uh, they're in, in their mining bucket. Finally, get to the bottom. Although they're a little, there's like a, a twelve feet above the the floor of the the mine shaft, so they have to jump out. And Larry twists his knee, jumping. And uh, and meanwhile, the Roboman lead a work party in, and they they have to hide. And Larry sees that the Roboman is his brother Phil, who he's been coming to see. Uh, he doesn't. He didn't realize that Phil had been robotized, and so he tries to get through to him, but Phil is gonna shoot them anyway he's, he's just he's you know his conditioning is too strong so larry attacks him to save ian and then both larry and phil are tragically killed in this in this process which is you know very sad yeah this is really it's really sad because larry's trying to talk to phil and it's like hey it's me your brother larry right and he's just looking at him uncomprehendingly and he starts talking about remember your wife angela mm -hmm. you know and it's 
and he doesn't remember Angela. And he then goes to strangle Phil. And uh, and Phil, in return, machine guns Larry. Right. So you have these brothers literally killing them. And as uh, Phil is dying, the RoboMan conditioning starts to wear off, and he says Larry's name as he's dying, mm-hmm. and he's apparently realizing the horror of what's happened to him as he dies. Right, right. And, and- Meanwhile, Susan is a good cook. Yes, they're yeah. cooking. The, the The doctor and, and Susan and David uh, and Tyler have made their way north, and uh, yeah, Susan's cooking some taters or something over the fire. Rabbit, yeah, or rabbit. That's a, what rabbit. It is. And yep. and David brings in fish that he's caught, and they kiss. Yes, they get all cozy. And the, the, and the doctor comes up and says, "I can see something's cooking." and 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 then he makes a big point of complimenting susan's cooking to david without even tasting it right even though earlier she had said i eat (laughs) yeah (laughs) description of her cooking skills and so it's like the doctor is playing matchmaker here oh she's such a good cook that's right that's right and uh and then in then there's the conversation where the doctor talks about the the motivation of why the Daleks are mining here and why it's central to the whole plot and he says the the uh, at the time it's these Daleks so far in in Doctor Who lore are not the what we'll eventually see of Daleks who are out to exterminate all non Dalek life that's not really what their motivation here is yet they're <laughs> I, know, I love their motivation here yeah, yeah. <laughs> they wanted they wanted they want to get to the Earth's metal core and so they can drive the Earth around space like a car. Yeah. <laughs> <Basically>, yes. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. They're hot wiring the Earth so yeah. that they can they can take it. They're gonna replace the Earth's core with a with an engine, basically. And there's something about like he says, they're looking for something unique to Earth that is below the surface, which it turns out not. They're just looking yeah. to replace the core, they later on will say. Yep. And then he says something about knowing how to control the flow of living energy and tampering with the forces of creation, which is interesting. I, I didn't quite get what he was getting at there. Well, there, it, part of that's just building up the stakes. Oh, they're tampering with the forces of creation and living energy and stuff. I think I thought the implication was that the Earth's metal core is unique, that other planets don't mm. have it, which we know is oh. not really true. Oh, but okay. for 1964 kids show science, maybe. And they do make a big point earlier on of like the 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 way they get out of or try to escape from the saucer early on was by doing this complex thing with magnetism, right? So, which was like the science lesson for the kids in the audience that day, right? But they later do pay off this plot in New Earth because the Daleks do steal the Earth and drive it around space yes. in the David Tennant <laughs> series Stolen Earth and Journey's End. That's right. That's right. That's a. <laughs> I I was thinking of that as like the similarities between these stories, uh, this one and that the 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 David Tennant story. So that it is very interesting to see. Meanwhile, Barbara and Jenny are in their mind on a work detail, and Barbara has to keep Jenny from despair. Uh, Barbara says they they have to find the control center because that's what the doctor would do. And Ian mm-hmm. has now seen them in the mine, so he knows and- that they're there. And in exposition, he mentions to another guy, it's like, did you see the woman in the blue sweater? And it's like, Barbara's in a blue sweater? I had no idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Barbara's always been in a dark gray sweater, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I like that the Ian, still in his suit, by the way, 
but it's it's pretty threadbare that the jacket is like torn open at the seam in the back and you know he, he's been through a lot here but he's well, still got the tie well and there's, there's one point where he he like gets up and the first thing he does is straightens his tie <laughs> yes it's like the picard maneuver yeah <laughs> yes it's the ian maneuver uh so Ian, so yeah, Ian has now seen them, and Barbara has decided she's going to use Dortmund's notes that he gave her as proof that the rebels are planning a revolution, and this is a ploy to get them to take into the control room to see the leaders, because she feels like she, she thinks, if I can get to the control room, uh, I can, uh, you know, do something to, to, to get in the way of the Dalek plot. Uh, right. Meanwhile, Ian runs into a couple of Daleks, and uh, to, he, of course, he needs to hide. So of course he, he hides in the explosive capsule that, that they're, they're about to send to the core mm-hmm. of the planet and explode. <laughs> Wrong yeah. place to hide, and he's stuck inside. It, it is a speediest way to the planet core. <laughs> 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 yes, to bring in a little Star Wars, uh, and uh, and of course he's stuck inside it for a literal cliffhanger. He's like literally hanging over the edge of the cliff in this this uh, capsule at the end of this episode. Uh, which brings us to the final uh, part of the episode, which is that uh, he manages to stop the capsule from being deployed by tearing out wires at random from inside yeah. and, and and wiring them together and, and short-circuiting them. Uh, so the Robomen have to pull it up, literally with a rope, and and Ian then escapes out the bottom. and Because uh, there, there just happens to be a trap door on the bottom that he can you know jump right. through. And the rope, somehow, yeah. that they're using comes through the capsule so he starts climbing down the rope uh, out the bottom yeah. of the capsule uh, but then it gets and cut he slides he slides down this shaft on at an angle just like luke skywalker and ends up somewhere <laughs> that's yep. right that's right not at the bottom of the uh, cloud city but at the bottom of the uh the shaft where they're going to they were sending this capsule to to explode meanwhile the black dalek the leader orders all humans on the planet to be exterminated uh and we actually hear one of the other Daleks after the order is given. We hear another Dalek say, the final solution. And it's like, whoa, we are getting really close to our uh, real world cipher here. Mm-hmm. Yes. You the- know, uh, and and another one says, clean up the planet. And it's like, OK, racial hygiene now. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> the reality is peeking a little bit through the Dalek symbolism here. I also like how Ian and Barbara's backgrounds as the science teacher and the history teacher come out in this sequence, because like you mentioned, Dom, Ian is in the capsule, and so he starts rewiring things, because of course he knows about electronics. And meanwhile, Barbara, trying to cause chaos in the headquarters, starts bluffing the the black Dalek with this (laughs) mumbo-jumbo about a rebellion that she's stitching together from little bits of Earth history talking about General Lee and Hannibal and the Indian Mutiny and the Boston Tea Party, and it's all just nonsense. <laughs> but the Black Dalek doesn't know Earth history, and so is like, why have I not been informed of this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it was, uh, that was a lot of fun, the, the Boston Tea Party and, yeah, and Hannibal coming over the mountains. Me, and meanwhile, Jenny is trying to sabotage the main control panel that the Daleks have there, and then... Barbara had noticed that the Daleks were using this audio control for the Robomen, like you, the issuing orders through this control panel. And she tries to do the old, uh, I'm giving you an order that cannot be countermanded after I've given right. you this order, and, and get stopped before she can complete it. But uh, it's an old, the old trick there that they use uh, on, on science fiction. And it comes up again. 
meanwhile, the doctor and Tyler and Susan and David have arrived at the mine, and the, the doctor and Tyler are going to go down into the mine, uh, and he sends Susan and David off to, to on a little side mission to keep them safe, basically. Well, no, they do play a useful function. They blow yes. up this Dalek machine that is going to incapacitate the Daleks to some extent. Mm. Right, but the doctor does make it clear that he wants he doesn't want them in the mine because it's it's mm-hmm. it, this other mission is safer than going down with them. Uh, uh, there is a moment where the doc where Tyler calls him Doc, and he corrects him <laughs> and says he prefers Doctor, which goes back to our last episode where the uh, where the uh, uh, Dreamland. Dreamland Dreamland yes yep. where the uh, the young Native American calls him Doc Jimmy Stalking Wolf, <laughs> and he says it's Doctor. So that, I like that uh, that callback. Ian sabotages the 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 rails the, the the pathway for the explosive device so it can't go to the core by throwing a bunch of tree trunks that are like long you know uh, tree limbs that are in in the mine for some reason uh, into well, the path. The, the, they're uh, chunks of wood or branches for uh, shoring up the bracing. bracing. Oh, there you go. right, right, right. Because uh, you see them throughout the throughout the mine shafts. You see those those sticks bracing. Oh, okay. up. that's what it is. So the the Daleks all they have to leave the surface of the planet like they can't be, they have to go up into their saucers so they're not on the surface during the inevitable explosion that's about to come. Uh, so they all get in their saucers uh, and presumably they're all flying just over the mine conveniently, <laughs> just stay right yeah. there over the mine. And uh, the Doctor and Tyler uh, they sneak into the control room and find uh, Barbara and Jenny in there. They have been restrained by the Daleks. And uh, the doctor's worried that um, steal, if the Daleks manage to steal the Earth, it will disrupt the constellation. And I'm like, <laughs> the never whole mind constellation <laughs> will be disrupted. Yes. Yeah, never mind killing all the human beings, but we don't want to mess with the constellations. Yeah. <laughs> As if constellations were not imaginary things. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, so the Daleks. I mean, detect- I guess I can I, I can rationalize that as it's kind of like saying it, 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 states are also imaginary things, you know. So yes. I could or provinces, so it could destabilize the whole state or province. Right. I guess that's true. Uh, the Daleks detect them and and they send one off to go kill them. But whatever Susan and David are doing uh, on the surface disrupt the Dalek before I can kill the Doctor. Uh, and then uh, they give the Robomen orders to kill all the Daleks, which they do with great glee. Including yeah. picking one up and carrying it around. I like that one over their head. <laughs> yep. Uh, and, and along with the slave humans now. So now the humans are, the Robomen and the slaves are both turning on the Daleks and gleefully cavorting and killing them. Yes. It's uh, Spartacus all over again. And uh, <laughs> Ian and Barbara and David, uh, the Doctor, are reunited. All the people run out of the mine. Uh, they, the- because, but they run out because the bomb is going to go off. So the Doctor says... Yes. The the bomb is not at the core of the Earth, so it won't do what the Daleks wanted, but it will make a big explosion. So we've got to evacuate everybody that we can, because yes. everyone who doesn't evacuate is going to be dead in this mine. So they all run out, and we actually see people being trampled as right. they run out of the mine. Some of them fall down and get stepped on. Yes. Uh, and they, they have to get back to this cliff, and we see this gigantic explosion, a mushroom cloud. Uh, all the Dalek saucers, of course, were caught in the explosion, so that's how Earth is liberated. Because they all just happened to be massing <laughs> above the mine when it, the bomb went off? Let's, really? let's all stay over the over the explosion point. That's a great idea. Yeah. Go to China. Wait for the explosion. Come back. But no, Dal- Daleks are not that smart. Uh, and uh, the doctor does note that there's a new volcano in England now, <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. 
so back in England, uh, I'm sorry, back in London, they've cleared the TARDIS. They've, they've, it's now freed, and the Doctor tells Tyler that his job is now to rebuild the Earth. And apparently, one of the first things they did in rebuilding is, the Earth is fixing the chimes of Westminster. <laughs> first things first, you got to fix the chimes of the yeah. of the clock. Got to have priorities. Yes, uh, I, I like I like how in in London, you know, David and Susan are uh, are like wanting to have a moment alone to say goodbye, and Ian and Barbara come up just at that moment. Right, and Ian starts asking David a bunch of questions that aren't really important, and Barbara's like nudging Ian to who's <laughs> oblivious. He's like yeah. nudging Ian to let, let's leave the young people alone now. <laughs> and she eventually right. just grabs him and pulls him away. He and he's gets like, the hand. "What? What? Uh, I've I've had that happen." Uh, so the the doctor um, ends up talking to Susan about how she needs taking in hand, and he's he's very tender though with her and wants to help her, but he knows there's something between her and David. And David tells Ian that he's planning to become a farmer, and he asks Susan to stay with him and marry him. Uh, and yeah, the do- he confesses the- his love. And the doctor, meanwhile, has gone into the TARDIS with Barbara and Ian, and he's taken her shoe with her to fix it, which I think is funny because he leaves her with only one shoe. One shoe. <laughs> and uh, he locks her out. And he tells yeah. her over the TARDIS you know, speaker system that it's time for her to be a, a grown woman and to, on her own. And, and this is where he has this, his famous speech. And he says, uh, I want you to belong somewhere, to have roots of your own. With David, you'd be able to find those roots and live normally like any woman should do. And uh, and he says, believe me, my dear, your future lies with David and not with a silly old duffer like me, he says. Um, yeah. But and, he uh, promises this is the famous I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back speech. Yes. Yep. Uh, and you hear that in the beginning of this episode in our opening montage. Uh, One day I shall come back. And, and he says, uh, so, and, uh, and the TARDIS goes and. Susan drops her TARDIS key in the dirt and leaves with David. And that's, and that's the yeah. last shot of the episode is Susan's TARDIS key on the ground. And it's a really bittersweet departure in yep. the, the run up to it. Uh, so the doctor's like watching them on the view screen, I guess. But Susan and David are having this, con- this conversation where David has asked her to marry him, but she, she believes her responsibility is to go with her grandfather. And she's like, don't make me choose between you and him. And so she's clearly really torn about this, and the doctor decides to make the decision for her. Right. So it's not simply that he kicks her out. I mean, he's seen this coming, and he's determined that this is better for her, and so he's going to leave her here. He's going to make the decision for her since she can't make it for herself. She's really just almost hysterical about it. But wow, does the first doctor have poor impulse control? First, he kidnaps <laughs> Ian and Barbara, and then he dumps his granddaughter. On a post-apocalyptic <laughs> war-torn planet. Wow. Yeah. I was just spur-of-the-moment decisions with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did steal the TARDIS sort of on the spur-of-the-moment, too. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, maybe. We, maybe. We don't know about that. But He's still uh, pretty young so here. For, for the fu- he did steal it. Yeah. For the future, uh, Susan will get reunited with the Doctor in The Five Doctors, where mm-hmm. she gets swept up to the death zone on Gallifrey. And she has extensive or fairly extensive adventures with the eighth doctor, Paul McGann, in Big Finish. Ah. So Paul McGann finally comes back to pay off the promise at the end of this episode. And uh, Susan has had a family with David, and they have children, including 
including a son who's played by Paul McGann's own son. Oh, nice. wow. And so the doctor has a grandson in this episode, and it's great to have Susan referring to the much younger Paul McGann as grandfather. Yes. Well, he has, and he has they a have great grandson, right? So, yes, he's a great yeah. grandfather <laughs> so, now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but we have adventures, and they're emotionally complex, and they're very dramatic. And the most recent one that we've had with Susan is a, is a, sh- a short story from Big Finished called All Hands on Deck, where mm-hmm. since it's a short story, she just reads it as a story. Uh, Caroline Ford does. But it's about how Susan is, is living as, a, as now a widow on Earth. And Earth society has been partially rebuilt, and she's been making contributions to that. She's assumed a kind of leadership position, and weird stuff starts happening, and she starts dealing with the weird stuff. It's like one weird thing after another, and eventually she realizes it's grandfather. He's (laughs) trying to (laughs) stop something from happening, and what he's Mm. trying to stop from happening is Susan being able to receive one of those time cubes. Like the second doctor oh, used sure. to alert the Time Lords, because now that the Time War is starting, it's all hands on deck, and they've sent time cubes to everybody. And the eighth doctor is trying to keep Susan from reporting for duty. I was, ah. I was, but she gets the time cube anyway. I was, I was going to ask if they've dealt with her being a Time Lord anywhere in the big finish, because of course you know all the issues mm-hmm. of Time Lords regenerating and all that came after she left the series. So it was that's what I was wondering, you know, if they did that, because I think there's 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 a sizable fan base that would like to see Susan, whether as, you know, Carol Ann Ford, because she's still alive and still acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a regenerated Susan meeting the 13th Doctor. I, I want to see Carol Ann Ford again, but I, I, I think definitely we should have some some thing with Susan. I my concern about doing it on this TV screen, though, is I don't know that. I don't know that the dynamic would work between Carol Ann Ford, Susan, and Jodie Whittaker's 13th Doctor. Mm-hmm. And also, it, they likely would ignore all of the big finish stuff that's been done. And it's just, oh, this is finally the reunion. Right. When mm-hmm. really there's been a lot of good story work done already with the two characters reunited. Remember when uh, the 12th Doctor had that picture of Susan, Susan on, his desk on his desk at the at the university and we mm-hmm. we speculated at the time oh is this portentous does this mean we're going to see the susan again which we didn't but uh, uh yeah it was an odd choice to to put it, it there i'm not sure what it was well no it it, it was a sh- he had one of susan and one of river and so those were like the two most important women in his life at this point and he just yeah. wanted to remember them but whereas we did get a river story with Peter Capaldi's doctor. We didn't get a Susan story, and that would have worked. The grandfather <laughs> granddaughter dynamic totally would have worked with them, right? And I remember when the we had the tenth Doctor's final story with the with that woman who kept appearing to uh, Wilf Wilfred. Right. There was some speculation at the time that that might have been Susan, just played by a different actress. Right. Although the Russell T Davies said behind the scenes, even though he left it ambiguous, that was meant to be the doctor's mother who we've yes. never seen mm. before. Yeah. All right. Anyways, so I, you're talking about all the big finish, you know, I was thinking it's like, but they've, they've pulled big finish in before, but it's no, it was Stephen Moffat pulled big finish yeah. in before. Right. Uh, they haven't shown since the, the Chris Chibnall took over, haven't shown that 
interest of doing that quite as readily. And whether they, because it's never been official that all the big finishes canon is such right. as such uh, as it is. It's it's official. It's not official. It, yeah. It's, you know, as much as non, they pull in, non, is official. from a non-subjective objective point of view, it's all wibbly wobbly. <laughs> yep. That's right. That's right. All right. So, any uh, last thoughts on this on this story, this episode, uh, Father Corey? Nothing here. Jimmy? Nope. Awesome. All right. So, uh, before we go, we do want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Doctor Who, including uh, SB Writing Services, Barbara, not that Barbara, Kimberly, Lynn, and Suzanne, not that Susan. The generous, their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. We'd also like to thank Victor Lambs, who edits the show for us every week. So that's it from us. What did you think of the Dalek invasion of Earth? Uh, let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page. Or send an email to Doctor Who at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we'll have a special episode where we'll be discussing our retrospective on the Russell T. Davies era and the Tenth Doctor as a whole. Until then, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of Doctor Who. Thanks, Dom. Father Corey Stika, thank you as well. And thank you, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, one day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Right. This is going to be fun.